When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Kings in Brandon. It's 1-1 after two periods in the NHL. Late in the third, Rangers up 2-1 on the Sabres. Minute left, Penguins leading the Capitals 4-2. Early in the third, Nashville with a 2-1 edge on the Devils. First period, 12 minutes in, already 3-0. Avalanche up on Detroit and 2-0. Panthers leading the Coyotes just past the halfway point of the first period. Still to come tonight, Philly at Vegas, Winnipeg at Vancouver. Oilers tomorrow, Ethan Bear back in town with the Carolina Hurricanes. Remember, he was traded for Warren Fogle in the offseason. 6.30 face-off show here on 6.30 Ched. Game at 8. Chris Russell placed on injured reserve. Philip Broberg recalled from uh, Bakersfield one day after being assigned to the Condors. So that is your story for the Edmonton Oilers, who have allowed the first goal. Again, was talking about this earlier. Have allowed the first goal in 13 of the last 16 games. Uh, When you score first in the NHL, you should get something out of the game, one point or two. Of the 32 NHL teams, there is one below 500 after scoring first, and that is Arizona at 2-5-2. The Oilers are 9-0 when they get the first goal, 7-9 when they allow the first goal. So a trend the Oilers are desperately trying to reverse if they have uh, they have lost four in a row well friday night let's party with sean fitzgerald from the athletic hey sean how's it going good evening reed how you doing good you're the designated party guest on a friday night i i i, I feel festive already i'm honored confused <laughs> vaguely frightened but yeah. let's give her well you you've spiked the punch that's what i heard so here we go <laughs> well, no comment no comment. There we go. Uh, of course, we love having you on the show. You join us a few times throughout the year, uh, but we pretty much always have you on around this time of year because of the uh, Lou Marsh Trophy awarded to Canada's top athlete, which this year went to decathlete uh, Damien Warner. Can you remind us again, uh, just give us the Coles notes, the, the selection process for the Lou Marsh Award? Yeah, I mean, because of the ongoing plague, uh, we met virtually again for the second year in a row. But, I mean, generally speaking, it's a Toronto Star Award. Lou Marsh was a former Toronto Star editor, writer, um, racist, as it turns out, uh, recently as discovered. So uh, I wouldn't expect that we'll be calling it the Lou Marsh for much longer, thankfully. Um but yeah, so we all get together in the Toronto Star boardroom. We have representation at the Star, I should say. The committee has representation from across Canada calling in. Uh, now we're all calling in. So it was all over, uh, I want to say Zoom, but it was actually a, a, like a Microsoft Teams or something. Um, and what happens is everybody goes around the table. 
everybody uh, on the committee has a chance, and I, I, I believe there was 40 this year, thereabouts, um, has a chance to nominate you know whoever they think is worthy of being Canada's Athlete of the Year. Now, I mean, in the past, um, you know, there have been teams or pairs, uh, both in rowing and figure skating, uh, that had won the award, but the Toronto Star Steering Committee um, moved a couple of years ago that that was no longer um, eligible. So I, that came up around uh, Virtue and Moyer around their last Olympic triumphs that it was ruled by the Toronto Star that they were no longer eligible as a pair. So why do I bring this up? Because uh, it was uh, mentioned that the, the whole Canadian women's soccer team should be nominated for this award, but that was overruled. Um, so uh, you get down to many Canadian athletes uh, having their names mentioned, and then it's winnowed down by a series of votes until at the very end, um, every committee member gets one vote um, to, nom- to vote for one person to be Athlete of the Year. And this year, overwhelmingly, it turned out to be Damian Warner. Uh, are you at liberty to tell us who you nominated? Uh, I did not nominate because I got in so late that everybody I would have nominated was already nominated. And I mean, if you know, there, one really interesting thing, too, is that um, <laughs> it's, it's not just a bunch of hockey players. Uh, and it's not just because it's an Olympic year. There's Canada is very good at a bunch of sports now. I believe there's there's a soccer player who may or may not be from your fair province, uh, who may or may not be tearing up the world of international soccer, um, who is very rightfully nominated. And frankly, um, in almost any other year, I mean, certainly finishing in a tie last year, um, probably could have walked away with this thing again this year. Was Connor McDavid nominated? He was indeed nominated. I'm told he also plays hockey someplace in Alberta. Um, he was nominated. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a bunch, right? And it's, it's a really, it's an animated conversation because, you know, it's an impossible barroom debate, right? And we all have these things back when you could get together safely in bars and large groups. Uh, you know, who is the best? Who would, who would beat this person in their prime versus now and today? I mean, heck, it's talk, right? talk radio, right? Like, um, so you, how do you possibly compare what Alfonso Davies has done on a global sport, on a global stage uh, against Damian Warner and Steph LaBay and uh, Connor McDavid? How do you throw those all into a pot and how do you possibly emerge? So it is 100% an imperfect process um but you know at the very very least it does help shine a light on athletes who frankly deserve all the light they can get sometimes i mean what damian warner did and what so many of canada's athletes did this year was was just remarkable frankly well i yeah i think a lot of great stories and a lot of people to to pick from and, and you're right alfonso well, davis i mean the thing is too i mean it sounds like i'm being trite or cliche but like it wasn't that long ago where you know canada would send a whole bloody team to an olympics and not come back with a gold right like yeah. it wasn't that long ago where you're like well you know you know it was the old joke that fourth place was canadian bronze um like, you know, Canada wins its stuff now, and the expectation is to win its stuff. And Canadians are doing better on the world stage in a bunch of different sports. So I think that, you know, it's evolved um, where the conversation used to be, well, this person won a championship, so we'll put him in there. And that's not to denigrate any previous winners, obviously, but the list wasn't, I would argue, nearly as deep as the one over the last several years, especially this year. Well, last year, you and I were uh, debating the the tie between Alfonso Davies and Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, who 
what wound up not playing any games for the Chiefs or yeah, I don't think he played any because he went to do practice medicine during the pandemic, right? So we also won a Super uh, Bowl before that, but yeah. But but yeah, yeah sorry, last I guess in in twenty twenty, <laughs> pardon there me, in early twenty twenty, he won a Super Bowl, but then he didn't play in the the season that was in twenty twenty, yes. right? So yeah, yeah that correct. was that was an interesting thing. He to went talk off about. to save lives, the jerk. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying he's a jerk, but you know the argument. Uh, there, there's a there's a good guy award. No, and there's a good athlete I'm being, award. Right? I'm being a jerk, 100. You're doing a good job. Yeah, like it does. And there was some discussion about you know splitting it off because it is very important. And Canadian athletes do really great things away from the field, whether it be setting examples. Um, I mean, certainly Laurent Duvernay Tardif. Uh, one above and beyond um but i mean there are athletes who set great examples um not just sportsmanship but societal issues um continuing and pushing forward really important conversations all the time so you know i wouldn't be surprised again since this is very likely the last time we're calling it the award we are that there might soon be another award a complimentary award um for athletes to make a difference off the field okay you mentioned the um the, the award possibly getting a new name, which I would be in favor of regardless of, of whatever else has uh, come up about Lou Marsh's attitude towards things, because I, I think that, um, and, I, and I realize he had an athletic and officiating background, but I feel like working in the media was a, was a big part of his life uh, as well. Like, does this need to be called the, the Wayne Gretzky Award, the... Uh, obviously, the Terry Fox Award, you know, would to me would be pretty interesting. I was able or, to read or, Wilkins Award, but I think my yeah, could happen. Crapped out because nobody really responded to that. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> my internet so, must have just—I mean, at that exact moment, must have just sort of frayed. I, I don't know what happened. There. People, but I did people, my best, reader. Thank you. I appreciate that. But well, are there's, we there's, again? There's a bunch, right? Like Barbara Ann Scott. Um, you know, Terry Fox. I think would be. Obviously, a phenomenal one. Um, yeah, I mean, there's again a, a bunch of different possibilities. I suspect that would be. Um, I mean, it's their award, so I think the steering committee uh, at the Toronto Star would probably do a lot of the legwork on that. But yeah, I, I 100% wouldn't expect that we'll ever refer to it by this name in an active tense again. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll leave that as the soundbite then. Uh, Sean Fitzgerald joining us from the Athletic as we uh, banter about the uh, Lou Marsh Trophy and of course uh, Damian Warner, a, a very uh, deserving uh, winner of it this year after uh, his success in the decathlon. Okay. So uh, where else do we want to go here, buddy? Are, are you, you what are you what are you doing for the Great Cup? Seriously, you got a party? You got the bowls of cheesies? Ready? What's yeah, going on? yeah, yeah. No big party. U uh, eleven exhibition hockey game. The Toronto Eastenders are going oh, out geez. to uh, Oakville to play the Oakville Rangers on Sunday afternoon. It'll be uh, it'll be a it'll be a battle. It'll be a showdown for sure. And uh, might get home and watch a bit of football. So, but you will be coaching your child's team for the majority of the Grey Cup, is what you're telling me. Uh, I believe yes. I mean, there are certain priorities. Uh, as we all know, U11 hockey takes precedence over just about everything. Um, so yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be coaching, but then I will be on a very comfortable spot in my couch as soon as humanly possible immediately after that game. All right, uh, how's your coaching career going? By the way, you and I have talked uh, at length in the past, some spirited conversations about both your <laughs> playing career in whatever 
Toronto division you you play with. I with sure so hope you're using air quotes when you're saying my playing career, but yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't there one night you were going to play in a game after you were on the show, like some? Yes, I was. That's just my dedication. Everybody covets the eleven thirty Friday night beer league. I mean, everybody, right? Everybody listening here, if you're going your way to beer league, you know what I'm talking about. It's cold, it's dark, you should be asleep, but you're going out to play beer league because, uh, actually, if you come up with a good reason for that, please call in and let me know. Yeah, so, somebody will help. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so what, uh, what what are you thinking about the Grey Cup? I've been asked, well, first of all, what did, what did you think about the CFL season? Uh, I've just had Natalia yeah. Jay on the show who understands the game, I, I think, at a higher level than, than you or I, and he, he said... I'll sum up what he said. He said, Reed, I, I generally agree with you that maybe it wasn't as wide open in past years, but he said, let's not write it off because there was no training camp. A lot of experienced players, you know, moved on during the pandemic. Um, he said, I want to give it another year until I decide, all right, we're in a bit of a crisis mode with the CFL offensively here. Yeah, I mean, I really do miss, I mean, I don't know if you're ever going to get to like, was it Alfred? Doesn't Alfred Jackson hold the single game receiving record? It was something like 773 yards. Like, well, I, I Dunnigan threw for that against the yeah against us. But yeah. no, Dunnigan threw for no Alfred Jackson. No, maybe it was Alfred Jackson at 400 some yards. That must have been it. Uh, like BC that. Lions. Um, but yeah, like I don't think we're we're getting back to that anytime soon. But yeah, you need you need the kicking game. You need special teams to be fun again. You need, I mean, you're not going to get a pinball Clemens, you know, Gizmo Williams walking through the door necessarily, but God, you need that because if you're just, if it turns into you know, a low scoring affair, I mean, that's such a huge, such a huge marketing um, part of what the CFL is, right? Like you have to, offer fans something different i think um i mean you know i like football and i'll watch football i'll watch just about any level of football um but i think to get you know some kind of mass appeal you need something that you can market you need something that will differentiate you from i mean increasingly it seems like there's football on you know just about all year um and over multiple days that you know the old days of the cfl just having to avoid you know ncaa saturdays and nfl sundays and mondays those are gone because football is creeping all through the league the, the week now you can watch on cable you know match games on ncaa on you know wednesday nights uh, nfl football on thursdays like you need to have something you need to have a reason to watch the CFL. Um, and I think, you know, being able to offer a lot of offense and speed and a lot of really scintillating plays that sort of put you on the edge of your seat would be a huge thing, obviously. All right, what's your prediction? Give me this final score on winner and final score. Gosh, I would uh, I would absolutely love to uh, <laughs> see the Hamilton Tiger Cats you know, win their first game since, you know, 1999 and be able to do it on home turf. Um, I just don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, it just feels like, you know, Mike O'Shea uh, coming back to, you know, Hamilton and getting booed again by emerging with the, the great trophy right in front of the uh, the fans who love to boo him so much after he left the Ticats. And? 
Final score. <laughs> You're asking for a final score. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to say 23-20, just to stick with the uh, offensive challenge that we're talking about. I mean, the weather, the weather out here, it's it's not bad. I mean, if you can believe it, it's supposed to be 16 degrees tomorrow, albeit with a lot of wind. Um, but you know, it's not going to be a driving snowstorm. It's not going to be super freezing out. And the weather shouldn't be a massive element. Um, that being said, it could be windy and a little bit slick, which, you know, even if there was a big offensive explosion, that would certainly work to hinder that. All right. Hey, man, uh, thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Always appreciate your insight. If we don't talk beforehand, have a great Christmas. We'll do this again soon, my friend. Thank you so much. Best of the season to you as well. There it is. It is Sean Fitzgerald from The Athletic checking in tonight. Uh, good chat there about the uh, Lou Marsh Award. Probably will not be called that much longer. Okay. Uh, I will check for your predictions. Winner and score, 780-496-0063. Canned ham on the line. And Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kellen and I will make our guaranteed to be correct predictions when we get back. Terminator music. We had Blair text in from the future earlier. Blair said, uh, Reed Hamilton will win 31-28. This isn't a prediction. It is a spoiler. So I surmise that Blair must be a time traveler from the future coming back like the Terminator and I guess the humans combating the uh, Terminator in the variety of the movies (laughs) over the years. Oh, thank you, Blair. Maybe uh, maybe he's looking for John Connor. Who knows? Is there is there somebody with the last name Connor in the game? Maybe he's looking for Kyle Connor of the Jets. I don't know. (laughs) All right, Uh, the Ringer says thirty twenty seven for Hamilton. There we go. Uh, Rory says Hamilton twenty five nineteen. A lot of the early predictions were for Winnipeg. Now some people coming through with uh, picks for the Tiger Cats. James says, uh, having a brain cramp, Reed, who are the last back-to-back Grey Cup winners? The Montreal Alouettes in 09 and 10. In 2009, their comeback against Saskatchewan that looked like it was going to fall short on a missed field goal on the last play, and Saskatchewan was called for too many men on the field, giving a re-kick 10 yards closer to Damon Duval, and he made it. Some Riders fans may remember that game, the 13th man game. And then uh, the next year at Commonwealth Stadium, Montreal won again, holding off Saskatchewan 21-18. So that was the last time a team won the Cup back-to-back. So Winnipeg trying to do that tomorrow. Some texts coming into 780-496-0063. B says, Hal Peterson, the record for most receiving yards in a game, 338 back in 1956. Thank you for that. 
Steve says 27-17 Hamilton. All right, canned ham if somebody nails the winner in the score. So we'll have to, I don't know if there's a way to, is there a way to print this, Kellen? All the text we got for the last two hours? Yeah. I don't know if there is. Print it like an internet window. Yeah, but I can't, I don't want to get into my technical setup at home. I won't be able to do that. Maybe you can do it. <laughs> okay. Or I'll we'll print it up and I'll print it off and tack it on the wall here and we'll have it for Monday. Don't worry. Yeah, or maybe you can isolate all the all the predictions and put them in a document or something. Or there's something, only few, whatever. There's only, there's only a few thousand. No, sure. It's not that many. Like 14 people listen to the show. We got 12 predictions. Okay. Two of them, two of them decided not to text in predictions. <laughs> all right. I am going with do you want to go first or second, Kellen? I'll uh, go first. Go for prediction. It. Sure. You're probably picking Sacramento or something like that. <laughs> Las Vegas Posse. I have been running my mouth all year about how good Winnipeg is. I have been outright laughing at Blake Dermott, who knows 4,000 times more about football than I do, about his insistence that Winnipeg might not get it done in the big game. But I'm going with the Bombers. I think they will control the game, but Hamilton will keep it interesting. I'm going Winnipeg 29, Hamilton 19. Kellen? Okay, my Grey Cup pool ticket that I purchased from a North East Edmonton uh, grocery store says 27-22 Hamilton. So 27-22 Hamilton. He's going with the the raffle ticket. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rejoin you at 6.30 tomorrow night for the face-off show. Jack Michaels and Bob Stoffer will describe the game starting at 8. It's the Oilers against the Hurricanes. Uh, thanks for checking out the show, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. If you liked it, tell one of your friends to listen. If you didn't like it, tell one of your enemies to listen. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.